July 28th, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds here on Fightful Overbooked, my favorite morning routine, other than maybe getting a McGriddle or going over to the A&W, getting myself a sausage and cheese thing, you know? Jeremy Lambert's here. He's enjoying his breakfast this morning on the air. How you doing, Jeremy Lambert? Delicious. Sean Ross Sapp comes on here all the time, eating eggs. So I'm eating eggs. People were people. It's probably like one person. Dorks yeah. online just like to be mad, Joel. You got to talk too much about McDonald's on a wrestling show. Well, now I'm going to eat McDonald's on a wrestling show. The kids were very excited because they all got hash browns this morning. So thank you, people online who complain that we talk too much about McDonald's. My kids got hash browns out of it. And I'm going to eat this McDonald's. I got a McGriddle, bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddle. Got a hash brown. I got, of course, a, a sweet tea because you got to have the sweet tea. Yeah, it's part of, part of a complete breakfast. Hey, uh, by the way, part of a complete breakfast is leaving a thumbs up on the video and subscribing to us here on Fightful Overbook. Jeremy said he wanted to get to 20,000 subscribers. I think that's that's pretty okay by the end of the year. Let's do that. We'll get there. Uh, maybe 100,000 is the next uh, the next milestone. It, it just goes 20 to 50, right? Like 20 to 100. There's no 50 in the middle. It's just 100. Yeah, you're skipping a lot of numbers here, Joel. I, I'm not a mathematician, Jeremy, okay? Yeah, that's why you do this. That's yeah. why I do this. But that's also why I ask for Super Chats. Any amount, get your question statement read right on the air. And of course, supports us here at Five Over Bucks. Uh, we're very excited to welcome uh, our, our interviewee, our interview guest very shortly. But first, Jeremy, I have to ask, are you excited for a busy weekend in wrestling? Is it busy? It's just like NXT, right? Like that's based on other weekends in wrestling. This is not very like a busy weekend there's nxt is there anything else i'm sure i know there's independent shows and stuff there's always independent show there's the g1 is still going on there but g1's only sunday it's not even a, a saturday show this weekend so I'm, I'm excited for the weekend but i think you are overselling that it is a busy weekend Joel. well i mean listen in the confines of what a regular weekend would be typically there aren't any you know sunday shows at this point but nxt running a sunday is not uh, a usual occurrence and then you've got Collision on Saturday. You've got SmackDown on Friday and Rampage as well. So Those are always there, though. Those I understand that. There. My point is you're adding the PLE on Sunday. It's going to be a fun show. NXT, great American bash. It's going to be a fun show. There's, a there's lot literally, there's always a major show. Like every single weekend, whether it's Impact, AEW, WWE, NXT. There's like, there's always one of these major shows. So technically, every weekend could be a busy weekend. Joel, I look, we started last show or we ended last show with me putting you in your place. And I was correct that Orange you Cassidy were also wrong. I was correct that Orange Cassidy was the opening match. We were both wrong because we said the tag team match was going to be the middle match. Um, but Orange Cassidy was the opener, as I told you he would be. And now I'm just going to have to keep doing it on this show. That's what this show is. Just Jeremy puts Joel in the corner, says, stay over there, go to timeout be incorrect about everything. And then when you were finally ready to come back out and argue, you're like a child, Joel. Yeah, send you to timeout. Then you want to just come out and keep arguing, keep being wrong about things. Go back to the corner. Go back to the corner, Joel. You're just wrong. It's a busy weekend because it's always a busy weekend. Doesn't stop here in the world of wrestling. I'm going to have the ITW anonymous general manager yell at you for being mean at me. Eh, she doesn't scare me. Wow, those are... Big words coming. She's from not me. listening right now. 
that would do it. All right. Uh, all I got to say about you putting me in my place is 923, Jeremy. I nailed that right on the head. Oh, th- look, this is that. That's that's not being correct about anything. You could say that literally every single week and you're going to be correct about that. We're, we got to talk about that, by the way. I want to talk. Oh, about we will. That. This we morning. will absolutely yeah we'll run down uh we'll run down dynamite we'll talk about some some very strange things going on in aw we'll talk about their uh, just everything aw and we'll talk of course uh we'll preview smackdown we'll preview collision talk about a little rampage uh, a few impact notes as well we'll talk about those but first let's get the focus in let's get right to it because he's here sitting and making faces at us because we're being stupid uh <laughs> joining us now he is uh, from The Ringer and also uh, literally all over the internet on, on Twitter because I refuse to call it X. You guys know him. You guys love him. You might even have some weird aspirations to be like him, and that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this Sunday is going to be NXT Great American Bash. So here to talk about it with us is the one and only Cameron Hawkins. How you doing, Seahawk? I am doing well, my brothers. How are y'all this morning? We're doing good. Doing well. Thank you for joining us, Cam. Absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to say, we're here to talk about NXT Great American Bash, which is, you know, one of their, their big, big shows. They're traveling. They don't do too much traveling, but this is one they're, they're traveling outside of Florida. And I'm going to ask a very simple question of what stands out to you on this card, Cam? It's really two things. Um, one is Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport. I think that they're kind of getting in early on the idea of, we need Roxanne to be taken seriously. Like we know how good she is. We see the potential. She can do all of the wrestling already, but um, when it's time for her to move up, we need to make sure she's taken seriously. Like you look at some of the smaller women that they've had, like Liv Morgan, they're, they're almost there. I think, you know, uh, injury starts and stops. It really sucks. But, um, you know, they've had to like really had her get in there and get crazy physical with Rhonda. And, and to me, it took so long to get going on exactly what they wanted her to be. So I think with Roxanne, like they're getting in early. Let's make her physical. Um, let's show that she can really like get in there and mix it up and be mean. Um, so I think there's an investment there. Uh, the other thing on the other side, uh, Gable Stevenson and Baron Corbin. Um, they got a lot invested in Gable Stevenson. And I don't just mean money. Um, I went to the NIL dinner in January where they had a bunch of their NIL athletes from cheerleading, football, track and field, gymnastics, uh, basketball, everything. And one of the things that they stressed big was Gable Stevenson, you know, All-American, Olympian. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And like, I don't even know if these kids know who Gable Stevenson is, but it's like, hey, we have this All-American athlete known the world over. He's right down the road as far as when he's going to be up and going. And that was January. You know what I mean? So it being late July now, um, I think that there's really um, a push to make him a big deal, make him a success to keep that pipeline going. And so you put him in there with Baron Corbin, who, hey, like I, I've always been a fan. The character hasn't always worked, but you look at what he did like in there with Mello just recently. Very, very good stuff. And so I think you get the good match out of Stevenson and you keep that train rolling in that direction. Because, again, a big deal of him, him succeeding is not just about making money right now. It's about keeping that pipeline of D1 athletes going. 
I want to go back to uh, Roxanne Perez for a second. I think maybe you, you did hit the nail on the head with wanting to take her more seriously as a character, wanting fans to take her more seriously. Uh, we saw back towards Stand and Deliver, there was the storyline with her and her anxiety and everything that happened uh, with the mattress, Mako Satomura, where she lost and collapsed. And it was a whole, you know, a whole situation there that led to a booking that didn't really make a lot of sense. Talk to me about your feelings about not just the anxiety angle, but also just kind of your feelings as to how NXT and WWE will want us to take her more seriously following the way she was booked coming out of Stand and Deliver. I think that they're still asking certain wrestlers to do a bit too much acting. Um, You know, like that's a... It's a serious thing, but not serious in the sense of it shouldn't be talked about. I just think that's like a a heavy thing to carry. You know, they had the backstage segment where she's in the office with Sean and really stressing to him. This is what I want. I can do this. I can go. And I just thought they might have laid that on a bit too thick. Like, hey, I grew up a theater kid. So I love that NXT is like theater in a bunch of different ways. But I thought in that particular instance, when you have somebody right there at the top of the card, I thought it was too early to mess with what she was doing. I think there's nothing wrong with being plucky fight from under champion, um, which she was at the time. And I think that the all of a sudden pivot, you know, at standing and deliver to get a bunch of people into the match. I, I think not knowing exactly what the situation was, her and Tiffany Stratton main event in that, well, at least being the women's title match. I thought that was a no brainer. I thought that's who you go with one-on-one. Um, so yeah, I, I do think there's still an effort maybe to, to stack the card a little bit. It's our first time doing this really, really big show. We want to make sure everybody gets in. Eh, they're young. They'll have their time. Um, but yeah, again, with her booking specifically, in the moment, I thought that it was interesting and that you see how book reacted, you know, being like one of her trainers and it was all very serious, but I thought that the follow-up to it did not really share the magnitude of what happened in the moment. And so got to be careful doing stuff like that, especially with your wrestlers who aren't necessarily actors. At least he waited until Cam was done with his, you know, comment there. Listen, okay. That was not us. Uh, it's you the see, worst. like, <laughs> you, I made a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, of course, me and Sean have a good laugh about it, but it's like, <laughs> I like jokes that I share with my friends. And oh, fuck, he's here. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right. You just figured it out, did you? Because I'm, I'm like looking off into space telling the story, right? <laughs> He's here. All right. That's what I said. That was not us, Cam. We did not put that on the screen. (laughs) Okay. I I was going to, I like you guys. I'm going to forgive you guys. But (laughs) what happened was we're at, uh, we're at the Royal Rumble. We're in the press box. Speak carefully. It's it's me. It's my old lady. It's Dave LaGreca. It might be like two people between us. And then it's Denise. And then it's Sean. So Sean's eating something. I don't know if it was actually a glizzy at the moment. Sean's eating something. And I was like, baby, baby, I'm going to catch him taking a big bite of this food. It's going to be hilarious. So I take my phone. I turn. I'm recording it. And Sean looks over like, what are you doing? (laughs) So let let me tell you what happened immediately after that that nobody knows about. Cam, in an effort to one up me, (laughs) went and like he didn't even use like forks or tongs or anything. I see him come out and he's got 
two glizzies. Like, you know how you pinch the ends of them? Because they smell kind of funny, right? And I saw him do one of these and just drop it in. And he looked at me from across and he goes, every time is like the first time. <laughs> and I said, what? At the Rumble, we're like 15 deep in the Royal Rumble. So <laughs> he says this. He looks at me and he says this. That is, that, is, is that true, Kim? Can we? Can we? I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, I don't want to give too much away about my level of excitement for certain things. There, there was we'll just, one we'll time Cam, Cam messaged me and he goes, "Let me know if the glizzy jokes are too much." And I said, <laughs> "Yeah," I and I, I should have known. He didn't mean like, "No, it's cool. We're having a good time." He meant, "I got you, motherfucker. I got you. This is it. This is a wrap." Um, and it's and it's been funny because like. Again, like I, I like jokes with my friends. Sean is my friend. Um, but it's like random, you know, AEW Forever 92. You're like jumping on the joke. And like I just do it yes. random, like, yo, it's not fucking funny. I don't know you. And they don't know what to do. They're like, oh, I didn't put but Sean in the joke. And I this is Sean's joke. It's not your joke. And then they're just stuck. And I just laugh at them for hours because they really They're not on that level of comfortability. I'm not yeah, cool with that yeah. either. We don't we don't kick it like that. I report truth. What they report is just conjecture of things that they haven't personally witnessed and experienced in in their day job. You are a bottom four human being all time. Yeah, yeah, Uh, definitely, probably bottom two. I got I got to go to my Excel spreadsheet. But yeah, horrible human. To be honest, the first time I had a hot dog that was intended to be an actual hot dog, it changed my life. I mean, hey, listen, summers in Texas playing football, you know, your parents both work full time. You're back and forth between two a days. That's what's in the fridge. You're tearing up a hot dog. You're cutting that thing down the middle. Um, you're broiling it in the oven. If your mother trusts you, it took me a couple of years. Uh, put a little Old Bay on there, some barbecue sauce. You're set. You're set. And then turn on Jerry Springer. Perfect. Have Summer multiple friends that are on Jerry or that have been on Jerry that's Springer. That's yeah, not surprising. Yeah, uh, running into somebody in Kentucky that's been on Jerry Springer is not like a huge yeah. accomplishment. It's pretty pretty common. <laughs> I mean, like I came right, isn't it? I live in a I lived in a very small town, and at least four people had been on Jerry Springer. Like they made that trip to go up there, and it was so funny because I would learn about it. Like wrestling, I'd be like, "Oh, how did that? How do they work this angle with you guys? How would they do it?" They would tell me. My mother had a friend who was on, I think it was Ricky Lake. And the title of the episode was like, I'm ashamed of my race. Oh, no. But they actually bumped her to the following week's show. And so the whole time she was on stage, she was like, no, this wasn't my week. I'm not ashamed of my race. I'm just embarrassed by my race. And it was like, bitch, that's not a different thing. (laughs) it's not your your light hatred is still really really bad like what are you talking about so there's a there's a very talented local rapper his name is Lil Boneface he was actually very good but he was like probably five six and just ripped jacked and the title of the episode of Jerry Springer was I'm fat but you're fatter it's over it's like, it's like my God, what more do they want from this man? 
I'm more interested in the backstory of why he's named Little Boneface. Oh, Bone oh no, he he was he's very good though. He did like an indie movie recently. He's, he's a very not nice fat guy. though. Like no, you you see him right? Like yeah. you see him? Yeah. yeah. He's not at all. So I I don't know how that one makes any sense, but sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, not at all. Uh, Cam, thank you so much. We're gonna have an article up on Fightful from Cam <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's an article on the glizzy stuff off of this Seriously, interview. Right? <laughs> uh, that's I get that's a headline a, out of a lot of things, Sean. So. Listen, I feel like that it, for what Cam did with his Sting article, that would be the fightful equivalent. If like <laughs> on Memorial Day or Fourth of July one year or Labor Day, he's got like top glizzy eating moments on <laughs> wrestling TV. I don't stand for the anthem, but I definitely stood for the hot dog contest on the. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what America's really about. That's, that's a real sport right there. The <laughs> Megabyte Ronnie is shaking right now. Oh, yeah. he should be. He should be. He was. He was in my hometown this week. He was eating at Wellington really? Diner. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I told him, I'm like, I'm going there this weekend. He's like, Oh, go to the Wellington Diner and tell him Megabyte Ronnie sent you. And I wanted to be like, Buddy, I grew up there. <laughs> like, chances <laughs> are someone I know works there. <laughs> love that man anyway uh, megabyte ronnie's great we were gonna do a hot dog eating contest this year and then i had an incident in training i was i i needed Yo. better glizzy practice and we, so we switched no, 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 slow down slow down you had an incident in training stop stop don't, don't bury the lead uh so here's what happened because <laughs> this this is actually like kind of for 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 the wife is actually like kind of horrifying uh i was doing the this bit where i was like gonna catch a hot dog in my mouth and I didn't catch it properly and didn't throat it correctly. And it almost turned out very bad. Uh, so we were like, no, can't, can't really do that. Uh, it's tough. Like you, you got to know how to take a hot dog correctly. Evidently. <laughs> Evidently you do. My God. Oh no. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, so I could not. I could not do a hot dog. Instead. After putting going through that and having a near death experience trying to catch this hot dog in my mouth, I was like, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do a hot dog eating contest." I, I respect the professionals um, yeah. in that space. Um, again, there's, there's a reason that that their, their jerseys are going to be in the rafters eventually, and so I defer to them, man. Um, shout out to Nyla Rose for my fantastic uh, birthday cameo from Sarah J. Again, again, we, we respect the vets. Um, <laughs> We hold them in high regard for sure. That's right. They know what they're doing. Let let them do what they do. Okay. Don't try this at home. And if you do, you'll end up like Jeremy Lambert. It's not good. Ronnie tried to warn me too. He was like, you know, don't like, don't go too fast or anything. I was just doing a bit for, oh, let me catch it in my mouth. This will be funny. And then it, it turned out not to be very funny. <laughs> All right. We got to move on. We got to keep talking about Great American Bash. As much as, as much as I want to talk about glizzies and parasocial relationships and how weird people can be on the internet, I think I'd rather talk about uh, what's going on on Sunday. Jeremy, give me, give me, give me a question. Hit Cam with a question. I was going to ask about Tiffany Stratton because mm-hmm. I don't think this is a spoiler. You do have an, an interview article coming out on on Tiffany Stratton. She was part of the NXT 2.0 crop. She she popped up shortly after NXT became NXT 2.0. Now she's the champion. Everybody's ready for her to pretty much come up with my main roster. Very good worker. Has her character down, defined, knows exactly who she is. One, if you can give us some insight into you know, tease the article, tease the interview a little bit, but just Tiffany's growth. And now she has this uh, this big match at Great American Bash defending her title. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we actually um did two different things. So with Tiffany, uh, we went just straight podcast. And so um after this show, not during, but after this show, um, if you go to SoundCloud and search on South Congress with a K, um, you can check that out. And then we're gonna do a live stream at noon uh on my YouTube channel. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can kind of follow along with that. Um really the the cool thing about her. Ain't a whole lot of fluff to her. Like, came from gymnastics, came from bodybuilding. Was like, yo, I, I get it. Um, and, and the real cool thing, she was doing the trampoline. And so she was like, yo, Moonsault came to me. Immediately could do that because that was already what I had going on. Um, very, very confident in her abilities. Knows she picked it up really quickly. Uh, one thing she did kind of talk about that I thought was really cool was, you know, there was a bit of maybe infighting is the word, but there was a little tension between the women who came in who already wrestled and the women who came in from sport or elsewhere. Right. But she's like, that's cool now, because if you're good, you're good. You know, um, and again, confident in what she does. Um, what I thought was really cool. She talks about coming in and wanting to be like the badass character. Like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be a badass. She looked around. She was like, everybody's a badass. So what can I do that's different? So, you know, daddy's little girl, Tiffany Stratton, that's, that came from Jessica. That's Jessica's mind wanting to separate herself. And immediately it stood out. You know what I mean? So um, I think that, you know, almost ready is tough because, you want to see them in the ring with the big crowd. That's what she wants. She's very clear about that. Cool as Florida is, cool as the Eastern Seaboard is, I love sand in the liver. I can't wait for Great American Bash because I want to be in there with that big crowd so when I hit those big moves, they react. When I do something nasty, they react. So, yeah, man, I, I think she's she's as ready as anybody. Um just she's fun to watch, man. I, I first thing I asked her, I was like, "Yo, what you think about the nicknames?" She's like, "What nicknames?" And I was like, "Yo, Stratton Omega, Stratton Danielson." She was like, "I have not heard any of those. Like, they're all from me." But you know, again, it, it's an appreciation of how quickly you picked it up and how crisp you already are at what you do. So yeah. Speaking of people who uh, came in around that same time and had to prove uh, to a lot of people, Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson. They're about to partake in that in that uh, eight person tag that's going to be the metaphor. So Noam Dar or Omensa and the two aforementioned women. They're taking on Dragon Lee, Nathan Fraser, and then Le- Ulyssa Leone and uh, Valentina Feroz. Talk to me. I know you've been a big Lash Legend supporter. Lash since- Legend. That's yep. how you got to say it. Lash, Lash Legend. Legend. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah so go ahead. With Jakar Jackson, um, they 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 held off for a long time. Waited and waited and waited and waited. I think that that's a great fit. Um, you know, Oral Mensa, Noam Dar, and Lash Legend. Um, you know, Noam Dar is, of course, like a vet, but everybody else is figuring this thing out. So give me somebody to play off of. Uh, Lash and Jakara, you know, similar personalities. It's great watching them go. Um, I think this is good in that they tried to bring up too many people as individual talents to start, right? I thought one of the beauties of NXT was, you know, you can have a bunch of tag teams. And people won't think it's weird that you threw people together because they don't know these people, right? They're brand new. It's not weird, like, throwing them together as a tag team. Um, But I think they've been really fun to watch. I know them, Dar. Like, I guess the NXT audience really is, like, 
but like a bunch of 50-year-old guys, right? Like that's like their, their kind of average viewer. They saw Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's too. So like, he's killing it. I love it. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I think that while somebody like Tiffany Stratton has proven that they can already go out there and handle it on their own, um, I, I thought they were doing right by Nikita Lyons, um, putting her with Zoe Stark early on. Because, you know, Zoe Stark knows exactly what she's doing. Let's slow this down. Like, Caden and Katana, like, great pairing. Because Caden, again, you know exactly what you're doing. You can do all the moves. It looks legit. It took Katana a little while. And now they're on the main roster flourishing because she has that person to play off of. Yeah, I I think it's really good for them. Um, And I I just like fun. Like, sometimes it's okay to be fun. And, And Lash has, like, this really big personality that you know, is kind of, to me, the focal point of the group, but everybody else is like doing their part, both in the ring and in these skits and how they perform around the ring. Uh, Yeah. I think it's a really good pairing for them. I'm excited to watch in particularly like Lash's progression. Cause again, like this is somebody, you know, college basketball star coming from the WNBA. Um, If you follow me at all, you know how into former athletes that turn wrestler I am, because I think that they have a unique set of skills and they've been in the spotlight as individual talents before. It's just a matter of time before they pop. So, yeah. Let's talk about the main event. Dirty Dom defending. This is the true main event. Dirty Dom defending the NXT North American title against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. We've seen a lot of uh, kind of main roster people come down to NXT, various success. Sometimes it's just a one-off. Sometimes it's more storyline. Corbin, of course, has the match against Stevenson. What do you make of the main roster people coming down and specifically Dom coming down, winning this title and being part of a kind of really inserting himself in this thing that was going on between Lee and Ali and ending uh, Lee's historic reign? He's such a scumbag. I love him. (laughs) He's great, right? Um, and, And even like right before I get into that, like, it's the same match, but Mustafa Ali coming down from the main roster, he just feels like a big deal. And it's not that he's not confident on the main roster, because I think like he's one of the best all around talents that they have. Um, you know, we're, we're an injury away from his whole trajectory being different, you know? Um, but him in the match with a Dominic, again, Wesley, consummate professional, great before he even got there can do everything in the ring is at this amazing North American title run and, you know, separating his title run from Mello's when it, at first it felt like a step down going from what Mello was doing to Wesley. The difference is Wesley can do things in volume that very few people can do. Um, They really trust in Dominic and have faith in Dominic because he's been in there with everybody. Your Sami Zayn's, your Seth Rollins's. He's been all is is dead at WrestleMania. Um, And now, like, he's both the least experienced but most popular person in a triple threat title match this weekend. You know, Um, I think that I was really high on his in-ring work early on, but that's him with his dad, you know. I don't think he took a step back, but I thought that, you know, when you're not next to Rey Mysterio, some things get exposed. Everything doesn't look as good, but he's worked on his character. His timing's really good. And he's going to be in there with the type of people he was trained to be in there with guys who go fast, guys who jump high, guys who don't slow down. And then, you know, you hate to say somebody's being hidden. Like, you know, like, like now you hide, you hide your, your, your small defender. You hide your small linebacker by being really good up front, right? 
I think that with him, they're not going to hide him so much, but these guys who can go in there and have a great match without him, he's just going to really add to what they do. So, like, yeah, it's going to be fun. And listen, that building, I think, is like a it's like a six or seven thousand person building. So HEB Center is not the biggest building. It's going to feel like twenty thousand when they start booing that man. You know, like, and there's that that Guerrero Mysterio family Texas connection um that that's really going to to play into you know being in texas um man it's gonna be fun um i'm excited for his entrance in particular because you know everybody gets a little extra on those pay-per-view entrances that's gonna be really really fun really i kind of expect him to retain like even though in the same way that like it was real cool for solo to win the north american championship as not only storyline but to have him next to his brothers with a title um, to show that that can be done, it would make sense for them to get that off Dominic and act like he was never there. But man, they they can just twist that knife a little bit more by having him carry that thing a little bit longer. I think. What's interesting is I'm thinking about uh, whether or not they want to give Dom a promo segment before the match because that would absolutely drive the crowd wild. Or do you want to save it for the entrance where it's same thing? But man, you put a mic in his hand and it's game over. Let him win the match and then put it on the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, oh, my God. <laughs> and that's the thing. With Judgment Day right now, their whole thing is, you know, going back to the Undisputed Era style. They wanted that golden prophecy, and they're working on that right now. Mm-hmm. So there is, I agree with you, that Dominic Mysterio retaining adds a lot to that story going on literally across all the WWE, not just NXT and Raw, but also coming over to SmackDown now. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, the, the tag title match, we don't have to spend too much time on, but come on, we got to talk about Tony D and Stacks. Are they ever going to get prosecuted for their crimes? You got the inside track, Cam. Listen, man, listen. I'm not saying I know a bunch of people at the, at the Travis County Detention Center, right? But what I'm hearing is they got some people on standby outside the building. Just in case. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, as campy as it is, I, I, I love Tony D. I love Tony D. Because, you know, we're, we're all men of a certain age who, you know, grew up on the Godfathers and the Goodfellas and the Casinos and Sopranos, of course. It's just fun, man. It's just fun. Um, wait a minute, Ryan. I'm not telling. Don't call me crime reporter. Um, <laughs> just fun watching those. And, and then, like, again, the relationship between him and Stax, they, 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 they do buddy comedy well. You know, um, Tony D having an amateur background is like the weirdest thing because it only comes out ever so often. But man, I want to see those guys commit crimes and live to tell the tale. I really do. I need them to go free. Like I, I, Gallus, very fun to watch. Very physical. Love like that, that European hard hitting style that they're really into. Man, that is going to be a I don't want to say banger. I don't want to say a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to see it. I want to see Tony D and Stack stand tall and then evade the authorities on the way out the building. We got a we got a super chat from side Chitown Spurs earlier that uh, he said I, uh, he wants to know do you think Ariana Grace would do well with Tony D and Stacks when she's healthy? I like the idea. They kind of started when they did the the Welcome Back Tony D segment. They started bringing out certain you know people that we may not know but are involved in the PC. You think Ariana Grace is one of those people who could possibly uh, show up there? Guys, she's hilarious. I mean, like as a as a human being, she's a hilarious person. I'm gonna met her at at Wale Mania. You know, we're getting people back and forth backstage and VIP rooms and all that. And she's just like, uh, remember, remember, I'm Ariana with the hat, and she's wearing like this red beret. And so every time I see her the entire night, she's like, Cam, Cam, Ariana with the hat. 
hilarious person, right? Of course, she gets it honest, right? Um, I feel like because she can do like comedy as a like natural human being, she would be able to jump in the camp, like the, the campy type stuff that they do with them. She would be really fun to see with them. I think so. Absolutely. Last one, Carmelo Hayes. I think everybody is high on Carmelo Hayes, rightfully so, especially the, the character work that he has down. The in-ring work, it's not bad. It's definitely not bad or anything like that. Uh, we saw we saw a really good glimpse of what I think his in-ring work can be against Finn Balor. The matches on NXT, this is no fault of, of his own. He's faced guys like Noam Dar, Baron Corbin, Braun Breaker. None of these guys are like bad or anything. Ilya Dragunov is a different level when it comes to that intensity that I think Carmelo might be missing a little bit. And again, we saw it against Balor. I think Ilya is a guy that can really bring that out of him. And now we're going to see it in a more extended period here because the Balor match was like eight, nine, maybe 10, 10 minutes. This I expect they'll get like 15 minutes or so. What are you expecting from this match? And what are you looking for in particular from Carmelo? So you know how Jalen Brown can't dribble left? Yes, as I do. Joel Pearl has no idea who this person is, but yes, I, I know he I, I got you, Dick. But I <laughs> so he's never had to dribble left. You know what I mean? Like it, it's when we point out, and you're not doing this, Jeremy. Just just to, to add on, but when we point out something somebody doesn't have, like what's considered a deficiency, it's like, well, has anybody exposed that? Right. Um, the thing with Mello, like being kind of the best person in the ring all the time. You don't necessarily get to see how good somebody is. Dragunov is is one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire world. If for no other reason than when you look at how he fights, not wrestles, but how he fights, he's prepared to hurt too. You know, like the suicide dive is like the most overused move in wrestling, like regardless of company, right? And they call it suicide dive because it's supposed to hurt you too. It's like, no, you just kind of lean into the guy and you pop up and you're fine. Every single thing Dragunov does is going to hurt Dragunov too, but he knows it's going to hurt you worse. It's beautiful. It is violent. It's nasty. I love to see it. And so Mello, who has, for a lot of times, like been able to finesse through matches um, based on opponent, right? Um, when you look at him and like Roddy Strong, though, that's when it was like, all right, we're digging into this. Like we're getting there. Right. And and to me, this is somebody of a similar vein who everything hurts. Everything's crisp. Every there's no air in what you see. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to see Mello, um, you know, in there with that, because, you know, Mello, Braun, Tiffany Stratton, like those are the three that I really look at that the company's like, they came through our pipeline. We taught them, you know, how we want things to be. Um, It's very important to get them the screen time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a hype for it, man. Because again, I, I have the utmost confidence in Melo's abilities, but I also do want to see him in there against the very best. And so, man, knock down, drag out. Um, you know, if Melo's showing a little blood and winning the match, I think would do a lot for him. Um, you know, I look at what Foley did for Triple H. Triple H was good. Nobody doubted Triple H was good. But Triple H growing that beard and coming out to that hard rock music and carrying around, uh, you know, sledgehammers and wearing eight leather jackets. That's a byproduct of him and Foley getting in there and going crazy. And so Mello, who is is cool and collected, him really getting in there in a knockdown drag out fight and coming out 
the back end, the winner, I think would do wonders for him going forward. So with all that in mind, and we've run down the entire card, do you see any titles changing hands this weekend? I never see titles changing hands at NXT shows. That's the hard part, right? <laughs> I see them changing hands at Stand and Deliver because to me, like that's the reset every year, right? Don't see Melo losing. Um, definitely don't see Tiffany Stratton losing. Um, I'll tell you what. So Tony D and Stax, that's a title match, right? Yeah. Tag I got Tony D and Stax with the tag titles. Because with Gallus, um, as good as they are, they're not an act that needs the titles. They just need fights, you know? Um, you know, with the Creed brothers, um, you know, moving up, um, I think it's time to switch that to what's considered a face team and let them go through, you know, some heels. Let them have some some real good matches against some heels. Um, and then Gallus, like, as much as I like them, I don't know if they necessarily need to be doing anything at NXT. I don't think they're going to learn anything in NXT. You don't stop being European because you're in NXT. Um, so I could see them being a good team on Raw who could use, listen, the Viking Raiders are washed. And I never thought I'd say that because I love those guys coming in. I loved them when they first got to the main roster. I was even good with the comedy stuff they did with, with Street Profits. They're washed, man. I don't know if they can get that back in any way. Like, I don't know. So, hey, bring up some more guys who are really good and real physical. Um, but tag titles, best chance. I don't see uh, any of the singles titles changing hands. So. I got well, we're, we're done. We're done with wrestling. I can't have Cam on and not talk like hoops and stuff a little bit particularly this thing it's not even like basketball basketball related so when my kind of worlds collided was on on twitter when i saw you interacting with a man named snotty dripping who (laughs) the famous the meet me into regular man yes yes that is when i saw just my two worlds colliding because i'm inundated in the the basketball twitter and it's like so you know um (laughs) What's my man's name? Uh, Nikias Duncan and yes. uh, my awesome. man Chris Jones run the uh, uh, the Dunker Spot podcast, right? Yeah. So Chris actually lives in Round Rock, like in my suburb, right? Okay. And um, you know, me and Shay Serrano are like friends. It's the coolest thing in the world. Like we oh, took nice, nice. lunch last week. It was awesome. Um, but um, yeah. So like basketball Twitter is you know runs right there with Black Twitter. And black Twitter runs with me and I run with wrestling. And so it all kind of came together. Like uh, even with the dunker spot, um, they kind of reached out to me about like platforms and like, that's why they do StreamYard Cause I put them on StreamYard. So it's, it's all um, my NBA team, the, the San Antonio Spurs, of course. Um, but it all runs together, man. Um, and, and it's been really cool. Of course, um, the ringer affiliation is when uh, me and me and Shay link, you know, both from San Antonio, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's one big community and it's really cool. But yeah, this snotty dripping, um, who is like, who informs me a lot because earlier on in Twitter, when this thing started to kind of jump off for me, I'm not, I'm not used to white people talking crazy to me. I'm not, it doesn't happen in real life. Right. But on the internet, it's just a different level of bold and comfort. So me, I was like, all right, let's fight. 
Like, let's go do it, right? Like, I was like, I'll right, tell you where I'm at. We can do this if you feel that strong about it. And then, you know, I see the mature people like Snotty, like, yo, just because we disagree, like, what are we doing? Like, this is this is just the internet. Like, calm down, bro. So I've tried to calm down, bro. Um, but yeah, man, all, all those guys are great. Um, like, uh, like Monica McNutt is friends with like my cousin I grew up with in Maryland. So yeah, it's all like the smallest, smallest world, uh, but it's been really fun interacting with those guys and everybody's kind of found success at the same time. It's a lot like blog era rap in that you guys were all starting podcasts and stuff at the same time. And now everybody's kind of eating. Everybody's getting on TV and radio and writing. And, and yeah, it's been really fun. Um, they should all give me some of their money. But yeah, until <laughs> that happens, it's fun being a community for sure. If, if you are a basketball fan and you're, you're not following Nikias, uh, he's one of like the smartest dudes on basketball. Like his breakdowns of the X's and O's stuff, which I really like. Like he's, he's so smart uh, on, on Twitter. And then if he does a video or a podcast or anything like that. But Snotty is just, he is hilarious. And that's when I thought like I made it on like basketball Twitter. Cause I, I wrote for like fan sided and things like that. Well, and he's a Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. He's a Westbrook fan as well. And of course, Thunder fan. I was riding with Russ all the time. So he was we, my we favorite talking. player for almost a decade. And so like watching him against the Spurs broke my heart a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, Russ and you know, like, uh, you know, KD was a freshman when I was a senior. And so we used to be like around campus together. So, yeah, I, I like the Thunder again until they play San Antonio. And, <laughs> yo, we had them in 2013, man. You, you understand how that ball was moving around the court? I've never seen anything as pretty as Spurs ball movement 2013 um, or 2012. I'm sorry. And we were just everywhere. And the Thunder were like, well, we're just going to shoot lights out. We don't care how <laughs> well you're moving the ball. KD's not going to miss. Harden's not going to miss. Russ is not going to miss. Um, enjoy your summer. So, yeah, fun times. Fun times. I mean, look, you got titles. We got nothing. We were sometimes a laughing stock of like, how did you not win with these three guys? It's like, well, yeah. you know, what can you do? Um, you got a good future, though, man. You got you got a good future. You got it. You got We're really hoping. I mean, so do so the Spurs. Wemby, I mean, look, you, you got the guy who is supposed to be the next guy. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but that is That's why I don't complain. Like, like as bad <laughs> as 2012 was us being bad for, you know, five years or so never heard a word out of me. Cause you know what? We had the most incredible run. And like I graduated high school, 2003. So we win the championship in 99. My first summer at UT, we're in the dorms watching us win. We win. Oh five. We win. Oh seven. We win 14. I'm good. I'm good. Like, we don't have to be good again. Fine. It's okay. It's okay. I'll go watch the commanders stink it up for another 30 years. It's fine. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, Louis is the one good playoff run from Harden. Yeah. And then he sucked in the finals. That's the reason we, I mean, not the only reason. Kendrick Perkins being the starting five against that Miami team was not helpful. But James Harden giving them nothing was also not helpful. And uh, Caden sends a super chat. Just says my dog. Hi, Caden. I'll see you maybe later tonight. Maybe tomorrow we'll hang out. We'll do something. Can you punch him? He's a sweet kid. He just wears those stupid ass blue Crocs all the time. We're getting you. Me and Mandy have decided we're getting him real shoes. (laughs) Bro, like we went to to an indie (laughs) show, Inspire AD, like two weeks ago. And we're, we're kicking it like. I'm introducing him to Kevin Knight. He's a big Kevin Knight fan. We're hanging out. We're taking pictures. And Caden has those damn blue Crocs on. I'm not introducing him to anybody else I know if he wears those fucking shoes. 
We're getting you real shoes. We're really outside. Punch no, him. Can't punch a kid. He's 20. I'll just put him in a little headlock. I got him. I got him. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> a little noogie that whole thing. All right. That's fine. Cam, you got so much going on. Thank you for coming on, joining us. Plug what you got going on. Tell them again what's what's happening in New World. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, as soon as these guys are done, not a second before, um, you can listen to my interview with Tiffany Stratton on uh, South Congress podcast. It's South Congress with a K. Wherever you listen to podcasts at noon today. Um, we're going to do the video uh, version of that um, on YouTube. I'll do a live stream if you subscribe to me. If you follow me on Twitter, you can definitely just watch it live there. And then tomorrow morning, uh, Stars Earn Stripes. It's a look back at some of, uh, to me, the most informative main events uh, from Great American Bash history. Um, I broke down Ric Flair and Luger from uh, 88. I broke down... Uh, Page and Savage from 97 and then Cena Lashley from 07. Um, so just like some really interesting matches. Um, it kind of told you um, in, a, in a similar way to NXT because I'm, you know, I'm so into NXT. Um, you're watching these new acts. You put them in there with your very top talent. And then, you know, I kind of looked at where it took them from there. Um, it wasn't always instant success, but you did kind of see what their trajectory was. And if you're an Air Force kid, I talked some Thunderbirds and Blue Angels. Uh, so, yeah, it was really fun. But that'll be tomorrow morning on Fightful. A very long read uh, because uh, the other guy pays me by the word. Um, <laughs> but if you have the time Saturday morning, get your coffee. And uh, it should be a fun read. Again, Stars Earn Stripes. And then if you are at... Um, the HEB Center Sunday. If you're in Austin, uh, in and around this weekend, you see me in the streets, man, doing my thing. Um, so it should be a good time um, getting to Great American Bash weekend. Enjoy the weekend, Cam. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And go check out all of Cam's work, especially the, the Stars and Stripes. I'm sure I'll get a, a, a first look at that and I'll read it before everybody go. else and praise Thank it. Thank you so much, it. guys. You guys have a great rest of your day. Great show and great weekend. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Cam. Good weekend, buddy. Take care. There we go. Cam Hawkins, the Cam man. Hawkins. There we go. Whew. I, I, I always enjoy bantering with Cam. He's always been good people. I, I'll, tell, I'll tell a quick story. Uh, my first, like, per, not personal, but, like, my first interaction with Cam that wasn't just, like, some wrestling shtick was, uh, I think some people remember there was a whole thing with, with WrestleJoy and the you know the the nemedies did and the andy nemedy did you know wrote some stuff and yada yada anyway uh cam ended up talking with andy about everything that had happened this was a few years ago and uh this is when i kind of started doing stuff with jeremy on on fightful and at the time the kind of joke slash conversation was the the ten thousand hours and transcribing other people's stuff and yada 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 we talked about it on the air jeremy you and i and it was a bit of a jokey joke because i was mostly doing on air stuff i wasn't doing writing stuff but uh, at the same time, I was like, okay, once in a while, I might transcribe stuff. And I was doing stuff that, like, no one else wanted to do. So it would be, like, a Ryback Twitch stream or something like that. Uh, and then Cam released that interview with, uh, with Andy Nemity. And it was a really interesting conversation. And I was like, you know what? A lot of people are, are invested in it. So I'm going to put out, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet thread it. And so... I ended up doing that and then Cam followed me and thanked me for, for doing it. And I was just like, I was, I was interested because I was invested in the story from the get go. And we kind of forged our, our friendship out of that, or at least our, our, our 
yeah, I'll call it a friendship. I, I do consider Cam a friend. He's been uh, a bit, uh, a lot of fun to banter with. And uh, he did, he did the otaku stream. We're not going to talk about that, but I ended up doing at his request. I ended up doing a thread uh, for that one too. But you know what? When when you're trying something, you're trying everything. So I appreciate Cam because he works damn hard. I remember um, when you threaded the Russell Joy stuff, and that was you know th- this is where Cam does a lot of spaces, and I'm I don't listen to spaces. Gonna be honest, I'm, I'm not not online enough to always listen to these spaces. But I know th- there's value in that, and I know Cam and a lot of people have value in that but cam is always he is is trying to get the story and i say that in like the the nicest way possible of uh, i don't try to mean like a a gotcha thing he's trying to get the story and just get the truth of things like there was a lot of just stuff going on with the the wrestle joy stuff kim's like all right you know let me sit down with this person and actually let's talk about it and let's figure all this out and yeah cam doesn't uh like hide from those things and he, he mentioned it about like twitter beefs and just be like Sometimes you got to chill and everything, but Cam is not a person who is just going to be like, like, if you're going to talk like this, why are we talking like this online? Let's actually talk. And then they, you settle it kind of like that. But yeah, Cam, Cam's a great dude. And um, I, I'm really happy to, to have him on. And hopefully uh, he has a good time this weekend at NXT. And very insightful. I love, love, love like the themes of his like columns and podcasts and stuff. Uh, when he did like the Carmelo Hayes future or feature uh, for the ringer and just talking about how it was like uh class and, and things like that and like graduating and like tying it to sports cam's a big sports fan so he ties a lot to that he did a podcast with steve austin talking about like chemistry uh chemistry with different wrestlers and things like that like he's very good on like tying the wrestling to like a certain theme so it's good yeah i've been following him since uh he was doing stuff with the torch and so i think uh, a lot of people i wouldn't say you sleep on cam but i think a lot of people sleep on cam's outside of twitter i know what you mean yeah yeah. if if, like following him on twitter is one thing but really if you if you read his words and you read the stuff that he does you'll understand that cameron is more than just a really you know funny and and good dude uh and and ryan actually nailed on the head he isn't trying to get you he's trying to get the truth yeah uh, thank you that was much better than how i worded it (laughs) (laughs) it's all right that's one of the best things about having this chat sometimes is that they they get the words better than us they should host they, the show. I was about to say they, they should be doing a show, <laughs> not us. I'm still eating like a, you know hour old McDonald's breakfast on the show. <laughs> I didn't think that conversation would go as long as it did. I'm glad that it did. Obviously, Sean popping in uh, added to the length of the conversation, but it was good. I think a lot of people got a lot out of it. Uh, and if you did, go ahead, leave a thumbs up while you're here. So that'll that'll help us tell your friends that we're having fun here on In the Weeds on a Friday. It's good. Uh, Ryan saying no, me hosting is a bad idea. We'll see about that one day. Oh, man. Where do we want to go? We have Dynamite. There was plenty to talk about there. Uh, it was a very, very interesting episode of Dynamite. There were some things that I absolutely loved. I think AR Fox being like the through thread of the night was really cool. I was a big fan of that. Um, but there was a lot of really kind of questionable stuff going on. And I don't know where you want to start. I know you talked a little bit about it on the spotlight, but uh, let's let's try and go outside of what you talked about on the spotlight. Give you other stuff. Oh, spot, spotlight stuff was MJF Cole, which we've we've hit on on yeah. this show before. Not much to add there. And then Jungle Boy. Let's talk about the topic, Joel. Let's talk about this women's stuff. Sure. Um, I would prefer to have a female on this show to to talk about this as well, but 
uh, you know, if anybody, if anybody, our female friends possibly listening to this, want to shoot a DM, I'll, I'll send you the link to, to get on this. But as far as like we go, as far as our opinion on this, yes, there was the book, the women's division, better sign. There's Soraya liking uh, tweets from uh, backup hangman of like, what was the point of the outcast feud? Cause they spent the half year on that and it led to, like nothing, uh, you know, we talked about, and I, I gave, I gave AEW and Sony Khan a little bit of credit of like, Hey, what was the point of the Brit squash last week? And then Taya that tried to turn it of like, Hey, this is what we're doing. I'm going to challenge you. And then they w- did a match and then Brit won. The match wasn't great. Um, and then now it's like, okay, well, where's this going? Tony storm isn't really on television. The last memorable thing she did was a cold title defense against Taya. And, Nobody saw the ending of that match. They didn't, can they put that like on YouTube or something? I know. Watch the TNT app. Can we not put it on YouTube, people? Like, what are we doing here? On top um, of that, I'm sitting there saying, like, when are they going to run the match back? Because they, they never talked about Brit, it. And they didn't. I mean, Brit just beat Taya. You don't need to run the match back now. What are you going to run it back that. for? Well, no, I get that. And by the way, this is this is how frustrating this whole women's division thing is. And I'll let you go continue in a second. Is that I had to think for a second who the world women's champion is because a lot of the conversation right now is shifted to Jamie Hayter and whether or not she'll be ready for all in. Uh, and there's a report, there's going to be more on the story from, uh, from Dave's observer newsletter uh, on FIFA select. We have more details coming this afternoon, but like the conversation shifted from not the women's world champion to the former women's world champion and whether or not she'll be ready for all in. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very frustrating time right now. You you have um, interested the Owen tournament with with Willow winning that. We'll see if there's anything more that that kind of comes of Willow, or if she's just kind of an ROH. I mean, that's where that's where their best performer is. If if I'm being honest, like that is where their most complete performer is. Athena in ROH that she's in ROH, which she's doing great work in ROH, but she should probably be main roster. Sorry, uh, she should probably be AEW doing some some of this stuff because she's definitely good enough to do it. But at the same time, like if they ain't going to do anything with her in AEW, I'm glad she's getting this run in ROH. You has you have Chris Statlander who's just kind of just having cold title defenses, right? Like there's no, it, it's not an Orange Cassidy thing of hey we're defending every week, having great matches against you know top tier competitors and it's accumulation type of thing. It's a Here's Marina Shafir for reasons. And it's a five minute match. And that's just kind of it. It's just, it's cold title defenses for Chris Statlander. Jade, and I understand this is uh, her choice. Uh, She wanted to take time away after losing, but Jade's just gone. She at least had that star presence about it. And look, I wasn't the biggest fan of her TBS title run. It was very much just, hey, here's cold title defenses. But at least she she put she presents herself on this bigger level and she has this uh charisma and it factor about her to where you you pay attention when she's on screen you just got Sheeta and nyla just doing a kind of a cold match of like we're looking to become a two-time women's champion just because they're basically just playing off history there which is fine you should play off of your history and everything but Nyla loses i feel every time she's on tv Sheeta was involved in the outcast and original storyline and then that thing just and again that was it (laughs) there were certain injuries that derailed it and yes we understand that however 
you have a deep roster of women who can either fill the void or you shift the story itself. There are ways to do this that it would have it would have been fine, but because we're only dedicating two segments a week on five hours, well, four segments collectively on five hours of television, four hours, whatever it is, you're not dedicating enough time. And we talked about this a million times. There is just there's seemingly no direction for the division, and every time they have a direction and something goes wrong or is is just not the way they planned it, what do they do? They just kind of tailspin and do nothing with it. And Again, six months, Outcast Originals, nothing happened. So Willow was the best recipient of that whole thing because what did she do? Literally something else. <laughs> and she ended up being the beneficiary of the New Japan Strong title, which, yes, we know the Mercedes injury played a factor into that. But it still brought Willow over to Japan and it brought Willow over to Ring of Honor and eventually got that match with Athena. And the match was fantastic. But unfortunately, it's Ring of Honor. So people, by and large, the, the common AEW audience probably not going to see it uh, unless they show more of it or show it to you for free one week on an episode of AEW blank and blank, whichever one you pick. It's, it's just very frustrating. And you have so many people in the back that just aren't getting the shots. And now you have collision and collisions, not doing much better when it comes to the women's division. There's just a, there's a weird lack of everything going on in that division there's a big black hole somewhere and i know some people want to put blame on some on, on some specific people we're not here to do that because we're not backstage we're not the ones experiencing that but there is certainly something that's just generally causing nothing to happen you know what i'm trying to say i mean they they have they have nothing announced for the women's division for a collision tomorrow night they got nothing um, maybe they tack on a match on Rampage, or maybe it's one of those things of during the opening Collision match, it's Sheeta will be in action later on tonight on Collision. Athena, whoever, Willow, whatever it might be. Collision is still a new show, so they haven't established much, and they spent the basically the the first month of Collision doing the Owen tournament for the women's division. Now that that's over, now is now you got to figure something out to actually do with your women's division on collision. Whether they do that or not, we shall see. The fact that we have nothing for Willow coming off of the Owen victory, little, little worrisome. All um, I have to say about that, just real quick, they better have as much pyro for Willow <laughs> as they did for Ricky Starks on Saturday, <laughs> or at least just, just some sort of celebration ceremony type of interview segment that leads her into whatever she's doing next. That's all I'm going to say. Well, they, they need to like announce that they should like do something with that and not make it an afterthought because that's what it kind of ends up being because you have nothing announced for collision. We're just over 24 hours away from the next collision episode. No women segments announced dynamite 200 next week nothing women announced on this show we got two matches announced we got a jack perry jerry lynn face off announced nothing involving the women and so often and sometimes like look the match can be good it's like oh, okay that kind of makes sense type of thing but so often they just announce the the women's stuff just they put it on rampage which rampage is their least viewed show or they announce it during the show or there's no real setup to it. I actually think they did well with the Taya and Brit thing. Again, that was kind of a week-long thread. Now, was that the best use of how you could use that time? 
Maybe not. What did things deliver? Is it going anywhere? We shall see. I don't think the match delivered, but we shall see if Ty and Britt actually go somewhere with things. It's But so often when you do it like this, you're telling people this is kind of an afterthought type of thing. And, you know, and when you put it on at the same time slots every week, I know it's a joke, but it, it's it's a joke for a reason because it's become a thing. 923 every week. It's like, all right, if you want to watch a lemon, this is your chance. And if you don't, you know when to tune out. It is that's what it's become. But there's there's very little attention and care paid to it. And it's it's unfortunate. I get and I, I'll try to play a little devil's advocate on this. They've built a lot of the men. They've they they've invested a lot into the men's storyline. They like to have the longer matches, right? And when you have 20 minute matches, that's obviously just gonna cut things elsewhere. They don't like doing two minute segments or not even two minutes. They don't like doing like 30 second segments. They very rarely do something like a WWE thing of here's alpha Academy for 30 seconds. Here's a 30 second response from Viking Raiders. It's like, make the most of that 30 seconds. It's usually longer segment, longer match. And if there are a shorter segment, it's still involving your top tier players like a John Moxley, like the elite type of thing. You don't see a lot of short segments that aren't top tier guys who are, you know, in substantial storylines. And because of that, you just have less time all around. You have less time all around. And so that just kind of gives it less time for the women who they just have not put as much care into. Now, am I saying they're the right in doing this? No, I'm just trying to explain why you just don't see multiple women segments throughout the entire show like you will on like a wwe because they just don't do a lot of that kind of shorter stuff should they maybe should they just overall invest more in the women yeah i think so but that that's just they've put so much into the the men's and they got three million titles to try to get on the show that this is this is how they structure their shows I'm going to bring this up from Y Solable, who's usually uh, in the chat and, and also very generous uh, with Super Chats, uh, saying, Steve from Going In Raw made a very good point yesterday. And, and I'll, I will add, I was listening to the show as well. So uh, Y Solable continues, Punk, Mox, The Bucks, Jericho, are any of these guys speaking up? And who are the major stars telling TK that this isn't cool? And I agree with that. There are very few, we can talk about how many women are actually in the backstage influencing TK in, in certain you know directions and all that. Whether it be coaches or other wrestlers advocating for themselves, that notwithstanding, who are the who are the important players backstage talking to Tony and being like, we have to do something with the women's division? Once upon a time, it was Kenny Omega. And I don't know what's happened since then. I don't know if Mox or Jericho or anyone is standing up and saying like, hey, what about this story? Or are they more focused on what they're up to? Because let's face it, you know, Jericho's in a big storyline right now with Jericho Appreciation Society and the Don Callis stuff and all that. And then Mox is starting to, you know, come out of what happened to Blood and Guts and taking out uh, Orange Cassidy this past Wednesday. So like, he's got stuff going on, but they all have secondary roles as well. So the question does remain, are some of these wrestlers in the back who are not coaches, are they speaking to Tony about like, what are we doing here? And is Tony listening? That's also another you know topic of concern because you know how many times did somebody on in WWE approach Vince McMahon and be like, hey, what are you doing with so and so? They deserve this and that, and Vince just being like, mm, okay, 
and that's it and nothing happens right that's just that's just dealing with people, especially your bosses. Um, so I think it's 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 a very interesting conversation to have because there's not much going on in that women's division. Hasn't for a while. Let's let's say, let's try to come up with a little bit of a solution here, Joel. Everybody can bitch about things, right? Very easy to bitch about these things. Let's before look at the solution we, before we do that. And I do want to do solutions, but I I'll tell you one thing that. I'm half joking when I say this, but I'm also of the camp that I wouldn't be surprised if this happens. Brawl out happened because CM Punk went during a press conference and spoke his mind and was very honest. I said this when Soraya showed up and I'm not saying she's going to be the one to do this, but I said, how long until she says, you know, I'm old, I'm, I'm tired and I work with children. She, and, and this isn't a knock at Soraya. This is just because she was a big acquisition for AEW at the time in their women's division. She came in saying that she was going to change things, that she had big visions for the division. She really wanted to hype up how important not only she is to AEW, but also how important she is to women's wrestling, which to a certain degree, she has a point. How long? And, and if she's liking these tweets and she's feeling a certain way, she might say something. And that might lead to more fracturing of the AEW roster, at least as we understand it. I don't want to see that happening, but I'm telling you I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. That so, means, how do we make it better? That's the question. They got to they get a show on, I guess, Tuesday nights. NXT was there first. They, they have to have the, the Soraya show on Tuesday. What can we call it? We got Dynamite, Rampage, Collision. What's like a good like explosion kind of kind of thing? It's just called AEW Shimmer, okay? Just bring back Shimmer, Shimmer, buy the Shimmer brand, call it AEW Shimmer, call it AEW Shine, I don't care. Buy Shine, I don't care. A lot of these women wrestled in Shimmer or Shine at one point in their lives. Just buy the tape library, Tony, and do it. AEW Shimmer (laughs) or Shine. AEW Shimmer Shine, I don't care. Just If it's an all-women's division show, I'd be interested in Put it on YouTube. I don't give a shit. This is, okay. I'll go back to the Stephen Larson thing, because I think something that Steve brought up was interesting, and that was the idea that... Uh, at one point, Dave, uh, I always want to say Dave Mustaine, but I know it's Dave Meltzer. Okay. I, Cause I'm wearing a motorhead t-shirt. Uh, so Dave Meltzer had kind of mentioned, you know, there's a lot of good women's wrestling on this weekend in Japan. Are you going to watch that instead of AW, whatever, where you're complaining about the women's division. And I understood where Tony was coming or yeah, where uh, Dave was coming from, but <laughs> now my words are all just I don't know names anymore, Jeremy. But the point <laughs> is, I, I understood where Dave was coming from, but I also fully understood where the where the fans are coming from. The support does it come from? Does it come if the change is made? I think that's the big question because we see that you know if, if Tony is only looking at ratings and only looking at the numbers and the minute by minute and the minute by minute doesn't show that the women's division is popping a rating. Well, there's the the answer isn't because your women's division is failing. The answer is you're failing your women's division and therefore your fans are not invested in those segments because like you said, 923, yeah, you know to show up, but like you're not showing up for much in the case of the last few weeks. So here we are trying to find something better and maybe the answer isn't to give them a whole entire show, but there's certainly something in the middle and it's a big middle that we can cross that makes people invested in the product and also gets them more uh, interested in women's wrestling altogether. Well, when when they did put a little bit of care 
into the division. And I, I think the the Britt Baker title reign was was a little proof of that. Thunder Rosa, the early portion of her title reign was was some proof of that. Even like the early kind of outcast stuff I didn't think was was bad or anything. It just dragged and then eventually led to to nothing. I thought there was some some proof to that. I don't know the the minute by minute of that. I don't pay attention to that. I imagine Tony does, but when there was some care into that, I do remember Britt like doing relatively like strong like quarters and and thunder rosa like those matches like doing relatively like good numbers on that and yeah i could i could be it could be wrong but i feel like brit was on twitter and and thunder rosa were on twitter and a lot of twitter were just like look this is what happens when you put care into the women's division it is a very almost a chicken in the egg situation of like okay if we put the attention to it will you care right now you are not caring, but is that because we don't put attention to it? I I think you have to, and I think this goes across the board, by the way, I think you should put attention and care into all of this stuff. I think if you friggin' try to, um, if you half-ass any of this, whether it's a women's match, whether it's a men's match, whether it's a trios match, whether it's a tag match, I think if you half-ass any of that, people just aren't going to care about it and people are going to dismiss it. It doesn't matter what it is. So if you put care into it, chances are people will show up. I think the, by the way, the argument of, oh, are you going to watch this Joshi match because you want more women's wrestling? Uh, do you pay attention to that? I think it's a stupid argument because I'm, I'm not invested in the, this Joshi person from, from stardom. I'm sure it's a great match. I've not been watching this person on television for the last three years and watching their story and watching them grow. Like, again, I'm sure it's a great match, but the investment is what, that's what the weekly television fans tune into, right? Like they, they want to invest in something and the company's not really investing in the women's division. So it makes it tough for these fans to invest in the women's division. You can't just be like, Hey, here's a cool, here's a cool match. Let's just do it. Right. And look, I, we know this pack and gravity was a meme match from 100%. No one cared about that match because all you did was try to be like, this is a meme match. No one had investment in gravity who had never been on AEW TV and, and pack was doing his thing with like Claudio and, and stuff. And he just returned. No one had investment in this and thus no one actually cared about, you can only do like cool match stuff so many times with, with fans, whether no matter where, what company, what promotion you're looking at, cool matches are cool, but the investment is what a lot of American fans actually care about. Because you can watch cool matches anytime. You, uh, you want to? You wonder was Pac upset about having to do that match? Because he took a <laughs> long time to come out on Wednesday. He took his sweet ass time sauntering out there. Even the commentary was confused. They're like, "Where is he?" It felt like something was weird. It felt like something was off. And I'm, I, again, I'm not reporting anything. It's just the way that it felt. The whole show felt a little weird. And It wasn't a good show. I'm going to I'm gonna be honest. Like, no, and, coming and, off of Blood and Guts, uh, a month out from All In, it wasn't a good show. Yeah, and that's why, again, I say the AR Fox through thread was fantastic. I really enjoyed where that, that was good. going. There was some good stuff there. And yeah, there were little things here and there. I, I, I question why they had to show us. A, this is a, Steve Agantaro brought this up, and I thought this was perfect. I was thinking the same thing. Why do you have to show us two segments from MJF and Cole saying they're from last week when they are pre-taped segments and all you have to do is flash 
that not blood and guts background and say it's from earlier today. What does it accomplish by saying, oh, we talked to them last week. They're not on the show. So like, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. There's no continuity error. All you had to do was say it's from this week and people would have been more invested. Instead, we're just kind of stuck with what we got. And that was a little bit frustrating. There was a lot of really yeah, weird those stuff. Those promos were good. You're nitpicking. Those no, no, no. Good. The promos were good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about the promos themselves. I'm just saying like they could have easily had just said it's from earlier today and just made it sound like it was from today and not from a week ago and then people be like why didn't you just show it us last week anyway you're uh, still nitpicking i can nitpick whenever i want jeremy lambert that's why i'm here why solo sent us a super chat thank you very much happy fridays guys uh every friday is a happy one so i put the uh, the the thing there i mean that anyway something that's something that is really hurt to see out of all of this are all the hollow comments of women don't draw though no matter what someone is invested someone wants to see them don't shortchange those fans i agree with that statement i'm going to put it right out there impact right now and i wanted to talk about impact in a couple of minutes but they just announced that they're doing trinity versus diana Prazo and that's the the rematch at emergence by the look of how things are with that show the way it's coming up that might be the main event and guess what people are invested in the knockouts women's championship match, which is something that has been a crown in impact for, you know, almost 20, well, 15 years now that women's division started later. But the point is there has been an emphasis on their women's division for quite a long time that it has built that energy and it has built that prestige. And as a result, when you have a big story or you have a big match, the stars matter, but the stars are made by coming in and making a difference to your TV product by being focused on, by giving good stories, by having something, just something on TV that's not, I challenge you, and that's it. So a, a couple things off of that. Uh, thank you for the super chat, by the way, Wes Um, You know, someone is invested, and, and that is true. You're telling me we couldn't, we had to do this meme match between Pac and Gravity and we couldn't devote a little bit more time to the women's division off of that. You're telling me like you have options here. I know you don't like they book it, Joel, but like you have options on this. You didn't have to do this match just so you could make this joke. Uh, you could have done something else with that TV time. Other thing you mentioned impact. I will put it under the Tony Khan umbrella. You just had a show. You just had a pay-per-view that you headlined with women. And I understand there were reasons why. And I understand that it may not have been the best built match. But you gave a kind of a bare bones story, if, if we're being honest. But there was investment in the Willow character. Because Willow, has she, she's the most likable person in the world. And she'd been on AEW television. A lot of people knew her story, knew her journey and everything. There was investment in that character. And there was investment and the Athena character, because she's been beating bitches up on television. Can I say that? Um, she, that's what she's been doing on television. So there was investment in those two characters. The story was rather simple of, here is Athena, who's just beating people up and is kind of a jerk. Here's the most likable person in the world, Willow. They're one and one against each other. Athena's never lost in, in ROH. She lost the match to Willow in AEW. She never lost in ROH, though. Here's the rubber match. That's it. It's a pretty simple story. It's a pretty simple good person, bad person divide. They're one and one. Let them go out there and do their thing. And look how much people cared. Look how much attention that drew. 
everyone praised the match. They praised both women. They they praised that it should have been the main event because it was the most invested they were in a match on that card. And again, it was rather simple. You didn't have to devote a ton of TV time to it, but you devoted enough and you got people to care. So let's look at solutions here, Joel, off of this. The women's division, you got who you got in it. Give me six names, six names that you're investing in you personally. You're like, I'm going to take these six names and I'm going to the SmackDown six. I, I don't know why it's always six, but six names that you're like, each week, I'm going to give them a half hour on both shows. You know, let's actually do eight names because they got four hours of, of uh, television, main television between Dynamite and, and Collision. Eight names. Like, I'm going to give them a half hour on each show. However you utilize that half hour, whether it be matches, promos, short segments, whatever it might be. Eight names. And you're just going to put all your investment in these eight names to, like, build things. Who are you taking? So, I mean, I, I, I should be taking the champions. They should be automatic. Yes. There. So that's Tony and Chris. Sure. So Tony, Chris, uh, who else is on this? I want to continue with Julia Hart. I want her to continue building up. Okay. Layla Hirsch is another one uh, who has been showing off and doing some good stuff. I, I'm keeping account as well. That's four. Uh, Athena, once she drops that Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, should be there as well. Um, let's see. I'm going down their, their list right now. Um, Willow, of course, is another one. That's six. I would have Ruby Soho because she is absolutely in there. And Nyla Rose. That's your eight names. Those are my eight names. Okay. Don't ask me to remember who they were because uh, <laughs> no, no, I can remember. I can't remember them in order, but I can tell you who they are. Okay. I, yeah, I think Hater or Storm and Statlander, they're your champions. Um, they don't have to be your champions. You can take the title off of them if you want. It's your, it's literally your federation. You can do what you would like with it. All right. I'm, I'm good. I like Statlander. I like Tony Storm. I think those are good calls. Jamie Hayter's hurt. Otherwise, she'd be there for, for the record. For yeah. Me. Yeah. I hear you. Kind of same, same, same deal with Jade Cargill. She's off television. Otherwise, I would have her in that book. I'm taking Sheeta. I think she's the best worker of this entire group. I, I think she, I think she's the best wrestler in, in the women's division in AEW. So I'm taking Sheeta. If you're going to include Athena, then yes, I'll, I'll take Athena, even though she's in ROH. But I do like, uh, Athena. She, if we, she's fantastic. Sorry, I was going to say, if we take out Athena, then I would probably put in someone like Sky Blue or I'd put in Billy Starks, which I know are currently in Ring of Honor, but yeah. we've also seen them wrestle on, on AEW most recently. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take Athena, though. She's technically AEW. Yeah. You can just call her up. Yep, uh, the demo god, Riho. I have to have her in there. Uh, she She's the absolute best, so I have to have Riho. I'm taking Willow because easy easy baby face you can just you can do anything you want with her and she's gonna get sympathy on the baby face side sky blue i like because she's a a younger talent who doesn't have uh who she's lost but she's like newer to the audience and just it's someone you can tell that you're kind of building a lot (laughs) what I said Riho. My wife just messaged me. Do you know how much Riho weighs? <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Sky Blue uh, is my next one. Is like kind of my young young talent to to sort of build up. 
And then I'm probably, yeah, I'm taking Ruby because I think you can do a lot of different things with the character and obviously a good worker as well. Those are, I believe that's eight. Uh, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm like one short. You know, not to, we're taking out kind of injured people uh, because like, I think Thunder Rosa, by the way, she's become an underrated worker because people have just like disliked the online stuff and the attitude stuff, the reported attitude stuff, I should say. Uh, but like, she's given Brit her best matches. She, I, I will always look to the Camille match in NWA and I wasn't super high on Camille at the time and Camille's gotten a lot better, but Thunder Rosa, like she gave her, her, her best stuff. I think Thunder Rosa, we'll see how she does after the back injury and everything, but Thunder Rosa, great, great worker. Uh, neither of us brought up Brit. Um, personally, I'll, I'll, I'll say that yeah, I don't think her work is, on the level of and anybody else here, I think as far as star and talking and presence, she's above everybody else. I will say that. And so maybe it just kind of depends on how you're booking, uh, looking at the, uh, the division. Like, I think if you want to have Brit as certainly someone who can talk up a, a match, like, yeah, Brit should probably be there. But as far as when it comes to the, the work rate on stuff, I think I think Brit is just a step behind these women. That's it. Yeah, and I'm in agreement there. That's really why I didn't pick Brit. It's not a personal thing. I went for women that I think not only balance out a division really well, but also ones that are currently performing at high levels or have performed at a high level and will continue to do so. Very simple. So here we are. We have our eights on both sides. You push those women to the moon. You And again, this doesn't mean that everyone else like magically gets released. No, that means that the other ones kind of cycle in and out as needed, but you put your emphasis on those, on those eight and you have them involved with each other in different storylines and different, I, you know what all this is, is we're literally just, we're, we're taking these women and we're booking them similarly to how collision was booked in the first month. They took, yeah. they took eight wrestlers and they put them in different scenarios and that's what happened. This, by the way, this this exercise, I we used the actual wrestlers and stuff for the purposes of this exercise and everything. The point of it all is it doesn't matter who your who your eight is. Your eight could be completely different than our eight. And that's completely fine. Whoever you want to push is who you're gonna push. And, and this is it's Tony Khan's company. He can he can pick the eight that he wants to pick. The point is pick the eight. Put emphasis on them, map out stuff with them, and then watch people actually care about this stuff. Don't just do, ah, this week I'm feeling like a Brit and Taya match. Don't just do that kind of stuff. Oh, this week I'm feeling like Statlander and Marina. Because no one cares at that point if you're just going to do these cold stuff. Pick the people that you want to have an investment in and actually put some care into it. Doesn't matter which eight you pick. If you want to even narrow it down to six so we can get just something on there, that's fine. My whole point is pick the people you want, invest in them, put something to, for P, for the fans to invest in, and put it on television. That's it. That was the point of this whole exercise. Yeah, Pile Driver Finisher says they're just all random matchups at this point. That's what we're dealing with, and it could be better. And that everything you just said is exactly how you get away from they're just random matchups. And you don't just do random meme or dream matchups just because. 
you know, I, I saw GCW booked uh, Nick Gage versus Vikingo. And, yeah, I'm that's like rules, though. and I think it's hilarious. And I'm like, listen, I think in certain ways they're going to show up because it's a conflict. It's a, a conflict of styles. It's conflicting styles and it's going to be different. But at the same time, it's like I, I jokingly tweeted out. I'm like, I want to see Nick Gage do a 630. <laughs> I don't expect it. But like there are times when it works and doing it every single week. If you're AW, doesn't work. So AI bot a shock says would fans then gripe about those left out hundred percent because they do that in WWE of course. and I, but here's the thing, WWE, they've picked the people they are going to invest in. Whether you agree with those people or not is your own personal cup of tea. That's fine. But yeah, the people are left out. It's like, why aren't you using this person? Why aren't you using that person? Look, fans are going to complain about anything and everything. All right. But at least if you show like, Am I mad that Candice LeRae doesn't have a match on SummerSlam? Should Candice LeRae be used better? Yeah, I'd like to see Candice LeRae more on television. But I'm looking at the SummerSlam card, and I'm like, oh, wait, we got Asuka and defending against Becky or Bianca and Charlotte. We got Ronda and Shayna. We got Becky and Trish. We got three women's matches on this card. They've picked the people they're going to invest in. Whether you like these people or not, whether you're sick of these people or not, they've picked the people they're going to invest in. They've given them some substantial stuff to work with, and they got big matches on one of their biggest show of the year. If, you, if you're not happy with the people they picked, fine. But they possibly have they four, picked, by the way. What's the fourth? Rhea. Oh yeah, Rhea. Rhea's if she gets yeah. yeah, I was just but, going but, on you know, what's I'm, announced. But I'm just going, I know you're going by what's announced, but I'm like, I'm just pointing out that like there is an emphasis there. There is yeah. an investment there. And not all the matches are for uh, a championship. And that's another thing that needs to be brought to the attention of more people is that not every single feud needs a title. And that goes beyond gender. That happens. How many how many men's matches are just feuds? You got Alpha Academy and Viking Rays, they're, they're feuding over a damn jacket, you know, and that's okay. It works. And th- this is, you know, I was listening to Chad Gable and Otis on uh, WWE After the Bell this morning, and Chad Gable like basically said it is like, you know, we're given a 30 second backstage thing. They're given 30 seconds to respond. You got to make the most of this. And then it leads to an eight minute match, which by the way, got cut. I don't know how long it was supposed to be, but it was guess it was supposed to be longer. It ended up being eight minutes. Gable said, like, we ain't cutting none of our spots though. We're doing all the all the fun stuff we had planned. So they still went out there and did it. And I understand that again, the way AEW is structured is different than the way WWE is structured in the layout of these shows. But look at the reactions that that match got. Look at the reaction when this jacket, when Maxine put on the jacket, when they lost. Like, look at the reactions all this stuff got. And you make the most. Miz says it all the time. A lot of these WWE people say it all the time. You make the most of your minute. And sometimes you only got that minute. But if you can make people invest in that minute, then cool. Hopefully, it actually leads to something. And AW structured differently. They don't give people that that just like minute all the time. And like I said earlier, when they do, it's typically the people you kind of already are already involved in something. It's not like a, I don't call it a throwaway minute because it's not, but it's not a minute for someone who's a little bit lower on the card to try to get you to do something. People are going to play about stuff, but pick the people you want to get behind, give people a reason to get behind them. Are people going to complain about Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay? Good transition, Joel. Um, 
Pipe select for four minutes. Let's get into it. May as well talk about it. <laughs> probably, right? Like they already uh, are, by the way. They already are. I assume they are. And look, I I want to have a, a bigger discussion on this. I don't care about Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay. Cool match. Bless, bless Chris Jericho for like oh big stadium show Wembley. Who's the biggest star in the UK? Who can I work? Who can I make this make sense? Oh no, I'm going to bring you one step further. How can I get a double payday from this by showing up at the RevPro show at the Copper Box the night before to further my angle? How can I do this? Oh, I know who would work with that. He's smart, dude. He's he smart. Yep. You don't you don't last in the business this long at this level on this high of the card without being really smart when it comes to this stuff. Evolving too. Like, you know, the the way the just the world, not just wrestling, the world has evolved over the past three decades. Jericho understands he's evolved with that. Just a smart, smart man. Uh, so whatever. The match is is the match. I think Will Ospreay is one of, if not the best worker wrestler in the world right now. Chris Jericho, he's older. He's still fine. Osprey will mask any deficiencies Jericho might have. I'm sure Jericho will raise his game a little bit considering the circumstances and everything. Match will be fine. Again, the, the discussion that I think is worthwhile having here is we're a month from all in. We have no announced matches. The one reported match is a match that we have no inkling of on television. And sure, they can tie it. They, they can tie it together with the Don Callis stuff, and I'm sure they will. But I think like Don Callis and Will Ospreay are super linked on AEW television. There's just the... The stuff with Omega, it's more Callus Omega stuff is is what we know about. Less Callus and Osprey. They like this is where we're going with All In. Like I, I'm I'm sure I've seen people say like I'm sure the roadmap to All In looks great in Tony Khan's head and in the All In media scrum where people are talking about Tony. That was a great match out there tonight because these matches are going to be great they always are these wrestlers are so good the the matches are going to be great tony's going to say well you know a lot of people were worried about all in and they didn't think it was going to be this big show or they were worried about just kind of how things were coming together and then he's going to tell you in great detail how all of this tied together five years ago which the company didn't exist in five five years ago but he's going to tell you in great detail how this all got tied together and five years ago, and we're going to be like, ah, oh, that's cool. Tell well, you know, me. I was best friends with Andy over at RevPro, and uh, Andy, pick up your phone, by the way, answer your texts, and uh, you know, he had this idea once upon a time to do uh, Chris Jericho in a match over at RevPro, but we couldn't figure out how to do it, so he called me up. He said, Tony, what should I do? And I said, I know just the guy to put him against, and that's that's Will Ospreay. The match never happened, and it kind of sat dormant for five years, and then one day I presented the option to Will Ospreay. I said, Will, if you want to work Wembley so bad, I have your match. And Will said, Omega? And TK said, LOL, no. It's actually Chris Jericho. And Will's face dropped a little bit. And he said, all right, bro, I'll do it for you. When really, Will just wanted to work Wembley. 
So we had the match put together, and Andy's here tonight. Andy's going to come up here and give us a good rousing applause. Here you go. Here's Andy from RevPro. And uh, Andy, pick up your phone. Okay, great. Well, now that we've made that bit again, uh, well, tell them about Will and tell them about Chris Jericho. And then he goes on in British for the same thing in about five five minutes. That was okay. That wasn't bad. You know, I'm, I, right. I've been up since five thirty in the morning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's that's great, Tony Khan mode. Tony Khan, he's always been up since five thirty in the morning. Really need to vlog at this hour. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure the build has looked great to Tony. And look, maybe it'll come together. Maybe, maybe it will. I, I hope it does. I mean, we're a month out, but there's. I'm looking at it and I'm like, what, what do we have right now? Cause if I'm looking at the landscape of AEW right now and I'm thinking, what are we doing for all in? I think MJF and Cole is a possibility. We could get that, get there on Saturday. We could get a lot of things or at least top stuff kind of settled on Saturday. It feels to me like MJF and Cole is the all out match. See me too. And then because MJF already let the cat out of the bag that he's going to give Cole another title match. Yeah. They haven't said when they haven't said where, and I feel like them winning the tag titles is just going to put the, the opportunity for them to elongate that reveal that it's not until they drop the tag titles. And then MJF says, you know, screw you. It's going to be next week because, you know, I'm going to show you how a real champion does it. Something as easy as that. It could be that they have the match at all. We talked about this on Wednesday. They do the match again, the the rematch against FTR it in London, and then they do the screw finish. FTR gets their titles back, and then MJF beats down Cole and says, "You know what? I told you, you get your title match. It's going to be next week in Chicago. Screw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you. Easy as that. It, that could I think it's for all out as well. So if we're we're looking at all in though. We have uh, MJF and Cole against FTR on Saturday. They're facing the winner of the Rampage Battle Royal thing on on Rampage. I don't know who won. Don't spoil it. But whoever won, they're going to challenge for the titles. I imagine that's going to be like a dynamite match or a closing match. I doubt it's going to be an all-in match. But then whatever your all-in match is, where are you going with that? Do you do MJF and Cole rematch? against ftr or do you put the the young bucks in there i'm looking at the elite and i'm like what are the young bucks doing at all and they just wrap this stuff with with blackpool what is kenny omega doing what's hangman page doing maybe you're doing moxley and orange cassidy that's again i'm looking at what's in front of me and i can see moxley and orange cassidy uh at all in i can see based on wednesday swerve and ar against darby and nick wayne that feels not like an all-in match, but if I'm looking at just the landscape of where things are, that's where I'm at with things. CM Punk and Ricky Starks, that feels like an all-in match to me right now. I can see that. There's still a lot of like what Sting doing. Is Sting going to be on this show? Are you doing... Um, we can do a trio match, by the way. You can do Darby, Nick Wayne, and Sting against AR Swerve and someone else from Mogul Affiliates. Brian Cage. Well, Brian not. Cage. Nah, because Cage and Morrissey are doing their own thing. So someone if they got someone else that they can bring in, then there's there's your third. Bring Don't back know. Trench. Rick Ross. Uh, Rick probably Ross. not Trench. I think he's done. But oh. uh who else? Oh, not not forward roll Parker, tell you that much. Yeah. Um I'm I'm just looking at things and I'm just like 
where what's Luchasaurus is facing Darby at All In, so you oh, got or All Out. Sorry, yeah, yeah, All okay. Out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, like that's an All Out match. So you would think at All In, you'd want to maybe Luchasaurus is the uh, is the third guy with Swerve and and AR Fox just to tie in the Darby actually, match since that's a week later. Yeah, that's actually probably it right there. If it's not Luchasaurus, yeah. then it's Christian himself. Uh, that that's perfect. Bring back Jeff Jarrett for London. He's going to do something, right? But I'm looking a month out from this card, and I'm like, there ain't a whole lot. We've had no world title build. The world title build is MJF and Adam Cole, and they they their world title build is being a tag team who are now best friends type type of thing. And look, I've loved I've loved the story. It's getting great reactions and everything. I think I've said it before. I don't think you need a world title match on this show. It's don't. I, I think the this is a show that certainly kind of sells itself but at the same time for a television viewer you got to sell it to them the the live crowd's going to be there and everything but maybe the spectacle of just hey this is what it is this is what we're going with i mean the first all in it was the just built on sort of just dream matches and fun matches there was cody and all this which was built up because cody and going after the NWA World Heavyweight title. There was the the one match with the one guy who we won't mention that was on uh, BTE. That was built up on BTE. The rest of the stuff was just like, cool match. And maybe that's Tony's keeping the spirit of All In Alive of cool match. So going back to Impact for a second, they have Emergence next month. It's actually the, the same night as, as All In, which is funny to me, but... Um, they announced a 10-man tag. And the 10-man tag includes their X-Division champion, Leo Rush, and their Impact World champion, Alex Shelley. They're taking out their top two men's singles titles to do a 10-man tag. That includes Bully Ray, Musa Myers, and Leo. Uh, oh, maybe it's an eight-man. Either way. It's an eight-man. It's, it's an eight-man. Eight Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I, Watch the I, I know, right? It's not like I talk about it every week on the show or anything. But uh, they're doing that eight-man tag. Yeah. Leo, Moose and Myers, and Bully Ray taking on uh, Time Splitters and uh, Josh Alexander. So, or Time Machine and Josh Alexander. So, with that in mind, that's why I said, you know, Trinity versus Deanna probably closes the show because it's a major title match. It's their knockouts world title match. That makes sense to me. All in is kind of following a similar pattern. I'm not saying the women's titles are going to main event because I don't think they, they are going to do that uh, unless they had Soraya in the main event challenging for the world title, but the holder of the world title is currently her stablemate. So it doesn't work. That being said, what's the main event for all in? What's going to draw the eyeballs? It's maybe something with Kenny. Is it Kenny versus someone from the outside? Who could that be? I don't think it's a British wrestler that would, uh, unless they bring in Nick Aldis and, and Aldis has a main event match it all in. I don't think that's big enough because just as a one-on-one, it doesn't work. I think the tag match, if they do the the rematch for the tag titles like we were talking about, that's your main event. Is, is the elite against Punk and FTR? on the table is that the ace up the sleeve here because if it is then okay because that's like that's the match whether we want to knit it or not 
that's the match. That's a match that has some television inkling. Granted, it's petty shots on television, not substantial story, but it's certainly got the the internet buzz going. And you can, that's an easy sell match within three weeks. It's a very easy sell match in three weeks. If it's on the table, okay. If it's not on the table, I'm a little bit just wondering of where some of this stuff is going. I don't think that match is on the table. I understand that it's a massive crowd who would be into it, but I also think crowd's already there, so we don't really have to worry as much. Again, you mentioned the first all-in, cool match. And what did they already have? A sold-out house. So they didn't really have to worry so much about anything other than cool match. That's now that's stupid though. That that's that's where again I'm I don't like that. I don't I either, understand but that. That's yeah, that but I'm saying that's that is a reason people have used and has worked before. It's dumb. I can't have that thinking. You you just you can't. Because I then know. people are like, okay, cool match. I'm you gotta worry about the television viewer as well, the people buying the pay-per-view as well and again maybe they're just drawing enough because hey i want to see this type of thing it's going to be a spectacle type of thing but you can't just do like a cool match on this because i think people who go to this yeah they're gonna have a good time and everything but imagine if wrestlemania was just there was no actual build it's not look some wrestlemanias haven't had the best builds in the world or anything but for the most part your wrestlemania main events your big wrestlemania matches you know where what they are, what they what they've been building to. You know them two months out, two and a half months out, because the Rumble winners. You know where you're going with WrestleMania two and a half months out with things because of who wins the Rumble. So that's a. I'm not. I'm not saying all in is their WrestleMania, but it's it's their biggest show ever. It's a big stadium show. I don't think you can just get away with this cool match thing and that be it be justified justified cool match chant i don't think it'd be justified by oh well it's a big show everybody's here everyone's already paid everyone's already tuning in we can just do great matches and deliver on that at some point like the dream map match booking just falls short for people are you insinuating that they're gonna run out of pops <laughs> I don't think they're going to run out of pops because it's just, it's tough. There's a lot of pops. The pops have gone up. The price of it has gone up. It used to be, you could get it for like a, a you know, 50 cent, but now it's like a dollar 50. So the price of pops has certainly gone up, but I do think there is kind of metric evidence that people are like, okay, can I get a little bit more substance? on this you can have a mix of cool matches with builds a hundred percent you can a hundred percent have that the problem is right now door by the way yeah yeah right now there's just not a ton of build at least i'm looking at it on paper and again maybe by the time all in comes around and this is announced and things we'll be like oh okay you know what that actually makes some sense to uh, and it actually was it had been building for a little bit but you blew off a pretty big angle at Blood and Guts. And now you got these these cast of characters, the elites in Blackpool Combat Club, without a direction. And they established a direction for Blackpool Combat Club on Dynamite, that being uh, the Orange Cassidy 
John Moxley and Orange Cassidy. They did establish a a direction for that. Um, but the elite, they weren't they weren't on the show, man. Like we just had this big blood and guts victory, and then no elite, huh? What? That's that, and I've said that before. I said that uh, on one of these shows that we do, Joe Pearl. Uh, this is kind of, kind of been my issue with Dynamite every now and again. Of they don't always follow up from the previous week what the biggest story was. This is what I liked about Collision. Dynamite, the biggest story, Elite wins blood and guts. Elite's not on the next week of Dynamite. That's that's a little bit of a miss for me. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And it was something that was missing was, again, one of the reasons why Dynamite to me fell so flat was because there was no follow-up on the major angle. There was no follow-up on the one, what TK called their biggest event of the year, their biggest show of the year, whatever they want, biggest Dynamite of the year. Every show is the biggest show of the year, according to this guy. But apparently the one that he just had was not big enough to capitalize the next week with some sort of catch-up video package, whatever it is. So what's the point? What do we do here? You pissed off Mox, and now Mox is going to go after the, the, the international championship. Maybe. We don't know. It's just, it is very frustrating. Is, is John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy, is that a match worth doing at all in? Is that is that a I mean it's a big match, but I'm saying is that like a big enough match to build to, or is that an all-out match? Like what happens there? The the back-to-back pay-per-views, it's a tricky yeah. situation. And you know, they put themselves in this situation by this deciding these this is when they were gonna run both of these shows. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to run Wembley on this date. And if you did, you didn't have to keep all out where it was you could have moved things around this is what they decided worked for them and when you do this you can't just you can't just be like okay well we did this we just got these big shows kind of the same thing in the women's division okay you have women to use you got to put care into it you got to put care if you're going to run these back-to-back shows instead of just being like here's back-to-back shows go for it like let's just all right let's just book stuff for for these shows without actually putting some substance and putting some uh giving people a reason to care on this you just can't like it because otherwise you get at least right now i'm gonna be i'm gonna try to be fair and say like we're a month out maybe things really turn around in this next month but that episode of dynamite didn't do anything for me there was stuff i liked don't get me wrong like there there was stuff i liked that uh I, i did like the ar fox stuff i thought that was a very good thread i thought that hit um i'm cool with a moxley and orange cassidy feud because i like both those guys i think the personalities play very well but otherwise and the the promos with ftr and mjf and adam cole were were good as well but for the most part that was a show that i'm like all right it happened there was some stuff but for the most part i'm just like didn't do didn't do a whole lot for me before we move on to uh, our preview previews for the weekend shows, what's your over under on all in having ring of honor championship matches on the card? Ooh. Uh, I think Tony goes to that. Well, yeah, yeah. I think Aussie opens on that card, uh, probably in some multi-man tag, uh, multi-tag, I should say. Yeah. I think Aussie opens on it. Claudio's probably, there, uh, Athena should be on it. 
I'll I'll say that the I mean that's the the main three. I know Joe is part of as well. Yeah, there's there's gonna be at least at least two. I think at least two ROH matches. Maybe maybe more. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to agree with that. I think I I would love if they put Athena on the card and have a, a ROH women's world title match there. Don't see it happening, but could happen. Claudio, absolutely. Uh I could see him defending that title. And uh I see Shibata being discussed in the chat. I don't know if they want to do Shibata. I don't know if he's available for that, but it's it's an option you have. But the tag title is 100%, I think, will be on the card. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely, definitely think that um, that Aussie opens on the card, 100%. Yeah. So let's move on. Let's, uh, with the last few minutes that we have, because we have a hard out today for both of us, uh, let's talk about SmackDown real quick. Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar for the U.S. Championship Invitational Finals. The winner takes on Austin Theory, presumably next week on SmackDown. We'll find out tonight when that title is, title match is. Uh, but who's going to win between the student and the master? Uh, we'll, we'll go with, we'll go with Ray. I think so too. Do you think maybe they make it a triple threat next week somehow because Austin Theory gets involved? Yes, we didn't. We discussed that on, earlier this week. That we yeah, did. theory might come in, attack, and then they do the old, old nobody won, but so they both win. Let's do a triple threat match gimmick. Absolutely. And then the other match that's been announced: Carl Anderson, the Machine Gun, G one finalist in 2012 because it's G one season. Uh, he faces off against. They call him the ominous carrying cross. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Machine Gun versus Spooky Scary? And cross wins, and then we continue this AJ and carry and cross stuff. What if he does that? What if he doesn't? Okay, then he doesn't. I. What if what if carrying cross wins or not? What if he loses this match? Because cross ain't winning a lot of matches these days. Well, that's why he's doing this. He's cross wins. They continue this feud. He probably keeps him in the lockjaw jacket, and then here comes AJ and Anderson or. Gallows, and then next week we get Cross and Gallows. That's sure. I, I ain't got much investment in this Neither one. Carrying Cross just it don't do a whole lot for me. Here's the only the only thing I would like to see. This is the one callback talking about Carl Anderson's time in New Japan and the G1. I want Carl Anderson to fawn over Scarlet. I want him to be both like scared and attracted to her. I want to see that. And I want to see uh, what's his face. I want to see Gallows react as well. Sure. <laughs> I know there's not much going on, is there? Uh, and what's going on at Collision? Do you do you have a, a thing pulled up? Because I certainly don't. MJF, Adam Cole against um, FTR. I mean, that's the that's the match of the weekend, right? Like, yep. sorry, Great American Bash. I'm, I know there will be a lot of good stuff. We we spent you know 45 minutes on Great American Bash, but MJF, Adam Cole against FTR is the match I'm looking forward to personally the most this weekend, and I think it could go a lot of different directions on there i you know we've we've discussed a lot of them on this show we don't need to rehash all of them i'll stand by my i'll stand by what i what i would like and that's mjf and adam cole winning i do think personally i do think uh if i'm picking with my uh head and not my heart i think ftr wins i think it's uh mjf and adam cole i'm i'm still there i'm still on with let's keep it rolling let's get this maybe to all in we can stretch it out for another few weeks and then 
get the get the rest of it going. Uh, and then there's also the ladder match on collision between Buddy Matthews and Andrade Alidolo. <laughs> They're putting the mask on the <laughs> at the top of the ladder. I I, I don't I, I listen. I'm looking forward to the match. Don't know why the mask has any sort of importance. Because it got stolen and Andrade wants it back. What do you mean? What's the relevance of the mask? It's not his original. It's not a La Sombra mask. Like, it's not his Lucha mask. It's just a, a mask from Marvel that he wears to the ring now. Like it's, he said he, lo- he loves it. He loves it, Joel. You think he loves his wife enough to put her up on the top of that ladder and try and... His wife wasn't her? stolen. Well, it could have been. Buddy Matthews does love to steal other people's women. <sighs> so- not touching that one. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't yeah. stolen. That's a good point. <laughs> I just need so to, I just need to put it the up. mask was stolen. He wants it back. Oh. Are you just gonna let people steal your shit, Joel? That's the problem. You just yeah, they stole it. I'm not gonna go back and, and get it. No, shit got stolen from him. He's like, I want that back. That's mine. Fight me, bitch. So that's what they're doing. I'm told the mask is from DC. As if I should care. I'm sorry. Get it correct. Uh, this will be a great match. By yeah, the way. this is, is, is going to be freaking great match. Um, we get Roosh Collider Roosh resigning with AEW. He we doing Andrade Andrade and Roosh here because Andrade might need some backup. Been saying this for a month, and I guess we were waiting for Roosh to sign on the dotted line. He's officially back with AEW. Signed a contract. Good for him. Uh, said that. Uh, well, on, uh, Jose, the assistant, said that part of the reason he resigned was because of the way that Tony treated Roosh when uh, he had uh, his his recent uh, his daughter. So he was really happy with the way he was treated. Great, wonderful. Listen, ha- be happy where you work. I hope that Roosh continues to be happy where he works. That being said, yes, the. Big story continues to be Andrade needs friends. Andrade has a faction. They're ungovernable. And it's time to both show up and then also kick Andrade to the curb for Los Ingobernados. <laughs> for the faction of Ingobernados. Yeah, they're going to kick him to the curb. We're going to start a Roosh versus Andrade story after they do the trios tag match eventually. Nah, not yet. Yeah, oh, I, I think there's so. your all-in trios tag match where the where daddy ass finally wins the big one and gets the tag title or the trios match the claimed against awesome black yeah yeah yeah. they'll do the rematch yeah they'll do the rematch no rematch it's a third match at this point great it's a re re rematch for the for the trios titles and this time his career is on the line for real i think we get roosh i think they do for a little bit the the roosh and andrade team because andrade brought roosh into AEW, and then they never really like followed up on that so but i do think we get roosh in this match and uh uh them them aligning i hope i assume they will they gotta give us a daddy ass follow-up that was i don't know if it was the biggest story coming out of last week's collision but it was obviously a pretty big story they didn't i maybe they did some reference on dynamite that i i missed but uh they gotta follow up on this on on collision so hopefully they do do that. And then uh, the other thing is Vikingo, Andretti, and, and Martin against Juice and, and the Guns. And I assume that Juice and the Guns will win. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> sure, it's happening. That's, that's um, I do hope that uh, Scorpio Sky is okay. He was uh, pulled from his match on Rampage and replaced with Commander. So that's another thing. But we'll be keeping an eye on Scorpio Sky. Uh, sounds like whatever happened, it happened during his warm-up which is strange. That's not good. 
yeah, hopefully it's not a, a big deal. It only is a, a light injury, if you will. But uh, speaking of which, again, going back to the Leo Rush thing with Impact, uh, the report was from House of uh, Wrestling that it's only a month that Leo's going to miss. Uh, and that's fine because in Impact and working an eight-man tag, you've got plenty in the can. So that's, that's good news for Leo, especially as they go into Chicago this weekend for some tapings. Jeremy, let's get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Plug your stuff. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore follow that person on Twitter and uh, stay tuned to more uh, fightful overbooked. That's all I got. There you go. Subscribe to us here and drop a thumbs up on your way out, folks. We appreciate it. Another week in the books. This was a good one. Had a lot of really great content, a lot of really good conversations. We appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. Uh, I don't think there's, there's no Joel and Kate at eight this weekend because there is an NXT show. So Sorry. Also, I'm out of town, so what does it matter anyway? Uh, I got to go catch a plane. So uh, until then, I am Atrial Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L, spell my own name. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.